0: Thank you for tuning in to Weathering the Storm Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. That's scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our goal is to help us weather the storms of life by looking to and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. Here is your host, Drew Suttles. Hello, and
1: welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and as always, I appreciate you so much for tuning in today. We are in Season 2 of Weathering the Storm on the Scattered Abroad Network, and we are engaged in a study right now in a series on how we can weather the storm with, and we're examining the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. Again, I'm very grateful for you. I'm grateful for all of you who have been listening this season, and I hope that this study has been beneficial. hope that it's helped you to weather the storms of life that you may be facing. As always, we want to encourage our listeners to go and to check out the Scattered Abroad Network, to like us on Facebook, to check us out on Instagram, and to pray for this effort. As we are hoping to do much good in the kingdom, of course, with, with God and His help and His Word, we're striving to reach as many souls as possible with the gospel, and we believe that a, a podcast is a platform uh, through which we can reach uh, the masses. And so again, without you, it would be uh, very difficult uh, to reach as many people as, as we are. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing these episodes. And again, we hope that all of the content on the Scattered Broad Network will help you to grow closer to God. So far this season, we've examined what it means and why it's important to weather the storm with focus. And then we got into our study, this series on the fruit of the Spirit. We noticed what it means, why it's important to weather the storm with love, with joy, with peace, with patience, with kindness. And last week, we examined what it means to weather the storm with goodness. And that brings us to the next word in this study. And that is how we can weather the storm with faithfulness. You know, one of the greatest compliments someone can give another is that they are a faithful Christian. And may I suggest that that's the only kind of Christian there should be. You know, if you're a child of God, if you're a Christian and you're striving to be more like Jesus, then you will be faithful. But this word is certainly something that should describe every child of God, a faithful Christian. Well, let's dive into that word today. I hope you have your Bibles. We're going to look at some uh, passages together. Specifically, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 1. So if you'd like to go ahead and go there, uh, we will certainly come back to that as we kind of bring all this t- uh, together before we look at the application later on. But let's begin by doing a word study here. What does the word faithfulness mean? Where can we find it? And then I want to ask two questions. Number one, who determines who is faithful? And number two, what determines who is faithful? The word faithfulness is found all throughout Scripture. And of course, we think about faithful, it simply means to be full of faith. The word faith is found almost 300 times in the New Testament. And I am using the New King James Version for this study. The word most commonly used for faith in the New Testament is pisteis, and it is found 240 times out of the 298 times that word faith is found this is the word that's found in Galatians 5:22 and strong says it means the quality of being faithful so again that's a simple definition but isn't that such a powerful thing the quality of being faithful to be a faithful servant of god but there's another form of this word faith and it's found 53 times it's pistos it is used to describe one who is faithful Reliable and believing. This is the word that describes God the Father, who is faithful and reliable. 1 Corinthians one nine, We find in 1 Corinthians 10.13 that there is no temptation taken man, but, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will with the temptation also provide a way for you to escape, that you may be able to bear it. So there's an example of God's faithfulness, that He's going to be there for His people, that He's going to help to guide His people, lead His people out. Of difficult situations. We find in first John one nine that if we confess our sins that God is faithful, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So again, this word is used to describe God. God is faithful. It also describes God the Son, who is faithful. He is our faithful high priest, Hebrews two seventeen. He's the one who knew no sin, who did no sin. And that's why he's uniquely qualified to be our great high priest, Hebrews 4.15. He was faithful, faithful to his father. Jesus said, I do always the things that please my father, John 8.29. But this word also describes individuals who remain faithful to God. This is the word that we find in Revelation 2.10. Perhaps one of the most famous statements made in Scripture regarding being faithful. Be faithful unto death. And you receive a crown of life. Very quickly, I want to point out uh, something about Revelation two ten. Sometimes we we hear "be faithful until death," but that's not what the word is there. It's unto. It's not just saying you be faithful until you draw your last breath." You be faithful even in the face of death. That's the kind of faith God lo- is looking for. That kind of faithfulness is what we need as Christians. That we're going to stand uh, stand up for what is right. As long as we have a pulse and we're going to make sure that we are faithful to Almighty God, who is faithful to us. And so now that we've examined what the word means and where we can find it, let's think about those two questions I mentioned a moment ago. Who determines whether or not someone is faithful? You know, sometimes I hear people say, well, that individual is just not faithful or that congregation over there. They're just not a faithful congregation. Sometimes you hear it sound or liberal or conservative. The question is, are they faithful to God or not? You know, are they, are they practicing the things that you find in the New Testament? That's the question that we ought to be asking. Someone else might say, well, this individual is there every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, therefore they're faithful. Let me say this. If you are a faithful Christian, you will be there every time the doors are open. You'll be there every opportunity you have, unless, of course, something comes up, like you're sick, you have work, something of that nature. But if you're a faithful Christian, you'll be there. You'll be there to be with your brethren. You'll be there to worship God every chance you get. I understand that, and that's extremely important. But we must be careful not to measure our faithfulness solely off of our church attendance. Faithfulness, living for the Lord, is much, much more than gathering for three hours a week in a building. Now, again, that is important, and I I firmly, firmly state to you today that if you are a faithful Christian, you will be there every opportunity you have to be there. No doubt. You'll seek first the kingdom. Nothing will come before it, Matthew 6.33. But let's make sure we're not measuring our faithfulness simply by the fact that we're there. You know, I can go three hours of the week. What am I doing with the rest of the hours of the week? Am I putting into practice those things that I'm learning in Bible class? Am I putting into practice those things that I'm learning from the Word of God. And so who determines whether or not someone is faithful? Simply put, God does. God is the one who determines whether or not we're faithful. But then what determines who is faithful? What determines that? The standard is the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans ten seventeen. So without hearing the Word, without the Word of God, there is no faith. There is no faithfulness. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews eleven six. 6, we must have it. And so before one can be faithful, one must first obtain faith. That comes through the Word. And so if we want to measure faithfulness or say, who is faithful or what makes somebody faithful? Go to the source. Go to the Word of God. Line it up. It is a mirror. Look into it and say, am I doing what God would have me to do? Am I living and walking in harmony with the will of God as revealed in His Word? So it's, again, it's important to understand that God is the one who determines whether or not someone is faithful, and the Word of God is the standard by which we measure the actions that cause one to be or make one faithful. As I mentioned a moment ago, God is faithful. And so if we're going to bear this fruit in our lives, we think about the fruit of the Spirit and, and all these things we've discussed, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and now faithfulness, they all describe God, don't they? God is love. God brings about this great joy that the world cannot offer. God brings about this great peace that passes understanding through Jesus Christ, our Lord. God is so patient and long-suffering with us. God has shown His kindness in in allowing us to have the opportunity to obtain salvation. God is so good, Psalm 100, verse 5. And now we think about faithfulness. Here's the point. If we, as God's people want to bear the kind of fruit that will bring him glory, we must be more like our Father. And specifically in this episode, we must be faithful. God is faithful and loyal and requires all who serve him to be faithful and loyal. There's a text in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and it's found in verse 2. It says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. You might say, well, what's a steward? Well, a steward is someone who has something that doesn't belong to them. They're holding on to it for someone else. For example, if you gave me the Bible that you're using right now, and you said, listen, I'm going to let you hold on to this for a while, and then I'll come back and get it later. I would then be a steward of your Bible. I would have no right to change anything. I would have no right to, to do anything to alter it. I would have to make sure it stays in, in the exact way that you gave it to me. So when you ask for it back, I'll say, here you go. Think about that with your soul. Think about that with your life. God is the one who gives us everything that we have. The very air that we breathe comes from God. He's the one who gave us life. And one day he's going to have our life back. Our bodies will return to dust. Our spirit will return to God who gave it. That's what we find in Ecclesiastes 12. We also read that in the book of Zechariah. God is the one who is the maker, the giver of the spirit, the soul, the very essence of our life. God is the one who is behind it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Psalm 24, 1, His sovereignty is on display. In Acts 17:24, and following Paul's great sermon on Mars Hill, in, in Him, in God, we live and move and have our being. And then in First Corinthians 6:19 and 20, it says that we are to glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which belong to God. Why? Because we, as Christians, have been bought with a price. And that price was the precious blood of Jesus, 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. And so again, as we think about faithfulness, if we're going to be the kind of people that God wants us to be, if we're going to be able to navigate through the storms of life, if we're going to be able to bring glory to Him regardless of our situation, then we must be faithful. We must be like Him who is always faithful to us. As we... Bring this study to a close today. I want to invite you to the text I mentioned in the introduction, and that is 1 John chapter 1. As we think about verses 5 through 9, and I hope and pray that this will help us to weather the storms of life with faithfulness. In the first place, notice with me that being faithful means that we are accountable and humble in view of our God, who is approachable and holy. Let's read verses 5 through 7 together. In 1 John chapter 1. John by inspiration says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. That's one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture because of the great joy and the great peace that I have in reading that as a Christian. Notice, again, it means we're accountable and we're humble. We're accountable to the truth of God's Word. We're accountable to our actions. Notice that God is light and Him is no darkness. So if we walk in darkness, then we lie and we do not practice the truth. We are not being accountable. But if we will be accountable, if we will be humble, understanding that God is light, and if we're going to be his children, we have to be walking in light. That's what we'll do. Verse 7. And that is a picture of faithfulness. If we walk in the light. Now notice that word walk is in the present tense. If we keep on walking in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship. We'll keep on having fellowship with one another. We can have fellowship with God. If we are faithful. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses. That word cleanses is also in the present tense. It keeps on cleansing us from all sin. And so here is this picture of faithfulness from 1 John 1 5 through 7. If we practice truth, if we walk in the light of God's word in harmony with his will, if we keep on walking in the light, the blood of his son will keep on cleansing us. That's what it means. To be faithful. Number two from this text, being faithful means we are honest with ourselves and with the truth. Look at verse eight. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. You know, sometimes we may think that being faithful means that we are sinlessly perfect. Dear friend, that's not the case. And maybe that's the storm that you face. Maybe you have to face the storm every day and you say, you know what? I'm just not good enough. I've made too many mistakes. There's no way that I can be pleasing to God. Listen, we're not going to be sinlessly perfect, but we can and we must be faithful. And there's a difference. Notice what it means to be faithful here. This is included in walking in the light. That the fact that we recognize that we do mess up from time to time, that we do sin, That we do miss the mark, and that's exactly what sin is. Missing the mark that God has set. 1 John 3, 4, transgressing the law of God. So being faithful does not mean that we're sinlessly perfect. It means we're honest with ourselves. We're honest with the truth. We know when we mess up, but we're accountable for that. We go to God in prayer. We repent. We do the things that He would have us to do, and we get right back on track. We get right back up, and we keep on going. That's what it means to be faithful. Finally, from this text, notice with me that being faithful means we are constantly striving to be more like Jesus. Look at verse 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So again, included in walking in the light, included in living a faithful Christian life is acknowledging when we mess up. And what does God say to do? Confess that sin to God. Confess it to Him. Repent of it. Change your mind about it, that you can go on and and, and not sin anymore. Don't give in to that. Now again, we're going to mess up from time to time. But there's a difference between committing an act of sin and living in a state of sin. We as Christians are not sinners. 1 John 3, 9 and following. We are not living in a constant sin, a practice of sin. We don't just wake up and practice sin every single day. There's a huge difference between living in sin, being a sinner, and being a Christian who sins from time to time. And so as Christians, when we do sin, when we do mess up, let's handle it God's way. That's how we can be faithful. Again, this is a storm that a lot of Christians face. It is, I mess up. I'm, I sin. I, I do things that are wrong. How can I know that I'm going to be saved in the end? How can I know that heaven's going to be my home when I keep making mistakes? God does not call us to sinless perfection. He calls us to faithfulness. We can weather this storm and whatever storm we may face with faithfulness, being loyal, being honest, being truthful. Just keep going in the right direction, knowing that God is going to be with you every step of the way. And so as we close this episode, I'd like to point out a few points of application that will hopefully help all of us to weather the storms of life. Number one, let's remember that God is faithful. And as his children, we must be faithful. God is not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans 8, 37. If God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, 31. God isn't going anywhere. He's going to be faithful to us. Let's be faithful to him. Number two, if we're going to apply this quality of faithfulness to our lives, it will require that we be reliable, dependable, and trustworthy. Again, that's our Lord. Reliable, dependable, and trustworthy, can the same be said of us. Number three, as we practice faithfulness, even as we're going through the storms of life, we exhibit it through service. You know, Jesus gave us that example. He said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. Mark 10, 45. Therefore, as we think about our service as Christians, we are to be faithful in doing that. Think about this in the threefold work of the church in evangelism. First Timothy two two, he said, The things that you've heard of me go and teach other faithful men that they can teach others also. You know, we are to be faithful in evangelizing and carrying out the gospel to the world, Mark sixteen, fifteen. We have to be faithful in doing that. The same is true in edification. We find that in first Timothy one and verse four. Paul told Timothy to make sure he, 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 he strives for godly edification. The word edification or edify means to build up. And so we are to be faithful in our service to God. We're to be faithful as we come in to worship Him on the first day of the week, as we come on Wednesday nights to study His Word together and to build up our brethren around us. Let's be faithful in that. Let's be here every opportunity that we have, every chance we have to draw closer to God, to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ, to help them. Let's do that. Let's be there. Let's be faithful. But then also in benevolence. we find finding Galatians 6, 9, and 10. Do not grow weary in helping other people. Do not grow weary in the work of love. We sing that song sometimes. As you have opportunity, do good unto all men, especially those of the household of faith. Galatians 6, 9, and 10. Don't be weary. Be faithful. Keep going. Keep moving. Keep moving forward. Again, I want to reiterate the fact that being faithful does not mean that we're sinlessly perfect. We're using an illustration. I've heard this before, and, and I, I like to use it quite a bit. And My wife and I have been married uh, since 2014, so going on seven years in November, Lord willing. And if you were to ask her if I am a perfect husband, she would laugh at you, and rightfully so, because I'm not. And I'll tell you that right now. But you could also look at her and say, is he a faithful husband? And she can look at you with confidence and say, yes, absolutely. You know, she knows I'm not perfect, but she also knows that I am faithful. And the same is true with God to His children. He knows we're not going to be sinlessly perfect. He knows we're going to make mistakes, but He also knows whether or not we're faithful to Him. And so let's make sure that we are. And so, dear friends, as we weather the storms of life, may we always strive to do so with faithfulness. May we never waver in our faith. May we never stagger at the promises of God. And may we, even in the midst of the storm, maintain our faithfulness that when the storm is over, we can hear from our Lord, well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you so much for listening. I hope and pray that this episode will help you to weather the storm with faithfulness. May God bless you.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. May God bless you.